What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod, on YouTube at March 4th Pod. My website is march4th.podbean.com. The link tree with all of my stuff is in the podcast description for this episode. You guys made it here, so you found me somehow, and I truly appreciate each and every one of you is checking out another dish of the March 4 with Mike Baum and Badcast. This is episode 110, y'all. Excuse me, it's uh, it's crazy to think that uh, I've gotten over the century mark here in the, the last three plus years of, of March 4th since I rebranded the podcast and um, in, in 2019, really, and then started going gung-ho in 2020. And uh, I'm just so excited to be on this journey, and I'm so grateful and thankful for everybody who's on it with me. It's crazy to say episode 110. I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back, but at the same time, um, I'm just proud that I, I've built something that I feel like is positive, and it's connecting with people, and it's making positive ripple effects. And uh, you know, the positive feedback that I do get from family, friends, and even people I don't know, guests of this show... Um, it, it really means a lot, man. So I genuinely want to say thank you to each and every one of you who takes the time to tune in, who takes the time to tell a friend to tell a friend, who takes the time to like and subscribe, leave a rating and a review on Spotify and Apple. Like all those things go a long way in getting these conversations out to more people. And even though I don't take myself too seriously, um, I do take these conversations seriously, you know, with the meaning of the show being perseverance and moving forward. You know, March 4th, like that's that's something that I've I've really lived in my life these past couple of years, man, with some of the stuff that I've gone through. And I don't say that to feel sorry for myself. I'm just being real here, man, between heartbreak, death, um, you know, the pandemic, which all of us endured, like, you know, there's and some other personal stuff that I won't go into, man, like it, there's been a lot of uh, ups and downs and a lot of a lot of tread and water at times for me in my personal life. But this show has been a place where I've been able to come and connect with uh a lot of really cool people and um, to, to be able to do that and, and turn a negative into a positive, man, it's uh, it's been very therapeutic and cathartic in my life. So when I say thank you and I love you, I genuinely mean it. And once again, if this is your first time aboard that pirate ship, um, I truly appreciate you you joining. If, if uh, this week's guest is, is who brought you here, man, uh, welcome aboard. But uh, getting into this week's episode, because I do have a tendency to rant um, and I don't want to detract from the conversation. Uh, again, just building on that theme of perseverance and moving forward and connecting with good people, it all ties into these dudes who I have on the show this week, the music they make, and even the name of their band. And those guys are none other than Ark and Eris of Set the Sun. If you love modern rock, if you love hard rock, if you love alternative rock, if you love metal, if you love electronic and ethereal elements, if you love lyrics that really, you know, pull at your heartstrings and connect with you, these guys do all of it from bands like, you know, if you love Sleep Token, if you love North Lane, if you love Deftones, Dead Leather Circus, Carnival, all those types of bands, man, you will love Set the Sun. Their debut EP, In Absentia Volume 1, came out in July of 2022, 
And then they followed that up with In Absentia Volume 2, which came out in September of 2022. And they've collaborated with numerous different artists who they call the collective. Everybody from guys like DJ Lethal of Limp Bizkit to Keith Wallen of Breaking Benjamin, Clint Lowry of Seven Dust, Ryan Clark from Demon Hunter, among others. They've also worked with producer Forrester Savelle, who has worked with the aforementioned Dead Letter Circus and Carnival, who I love. He's also worked with Vegas Nerve, which is one of the musical projects of Doc Coyle and Sterling R. Jackson, who are also friends and guests of the show. And I know it sounds like I'm dropping a lot of names, but it's all relevant, man. And Ark and Eris, as you guys will hear, have uh, you know known each other for a long time. They have a great musical synergy, and I really think it's cool that they have you know turned negatives into positives as far as negative emotions and, and be able to have music to channel it. Um, setting the sun for them is about taking on the impossible and getting through it. It's about hope amidst the darkness and fighting through challenges and having a voice for unspoken conflict. So when I kind of read the mission statement of, of what these guys were all about, I totally connected with it, with the theme of this show being perseverance and moving forward, and especially just being a fellow heavy music fan. We geek out a lot on the aforementioned Clint Lowry and Seven Dust in general. Um, one of our favorite bands collectively in this interview, and uh, shout out to them. They just dropped their latest record, Truth Killer, and it, it is awesome. Uh, free, free, shameless plug for Seven Dust, one of my favorite bands. But, uh, but yeah, there was just a lot of kinship with, uh, with Ark and Eris in this episode, man. It's, uh, like I said, uh, on, uh, I think my most recent podcast, you know, it's like when you, when you meet new old friends, I really feel like that, man. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum, I heard him say that first and I'm, I'm stealing it, but it's true. Like, you know, these guys, um, you know, have a lot in common with me, I think, as far as, you know, our musical taste, but also just how they carry themselves, you know, how they deal with anxiety, music being a form of therapy. So it was really cool to catch up with them. And, you know, in this episode, you'll hear about the new music that they're working on. So far in 2023, they've dropped three singles, led by Arrival, followed by The Truth, which they worked on with Clint Lowry. Uh, and it's it's awesome to hear him on that track. And the latest one that just came out a few weeks ago, um, going into this episode, because you guys are hearing this at the beginning of August, and the latest one is A Better Way to Bleed. It just came out on July 21st, and it's a tribute to the late, great Chester Bennington, um, and really ties in, uh, that song in particular really ties in with the theme of this show as well, man. So uh, yeah, it was just great to catch up with these guys, to learn more about their story, to learn more about Set the Sun and hear about their latest work that I just described, which is going to be off of their forthcoming LP titled At War. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Ark and Eris of Set the Sun. Here it is. <laughs> Well, Ark, Eris, thank you so much for taking the time, dudes, to do this. Like I was just talking about before we officially hit record, I have a lot of respect for what you guys are doing. Heavy music and um, ethereal type vibes and cinematic type vibes and electronic vibes are all in your music as well. And that's definitely in my wheelhouse. And uh, you guys have put out a couple of cool singles building up to this this forthcoming LP. And um, I know I'm excited about it and I know the listeners are too. So thank you so much for joining, fellas. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. 
You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, just as a place to start, dudes, um, uh, we were talking about it a little bit before the jump as far as the different people that you've worked with and, and namely um, and, and timely as of recording this podcast, because it's been out a little bit over a week, but your single, The Truth, was was recorded with Clint. And I also believe that you guys worked with him on the the debut EP as well from from Seven Dust. And uh, he's kind of a, a personal hero of mine musically. I think Seven Dust is is finally, after all these years, starting to kind of get more of their respect on a larger level. I think they've always kind of had it uh, within the scene. I think it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, you know, they're probably your favorite band's favorite band or one of their favorite bands, you know, but... Um, but just as a, a place to start uh, with with you guys and the music you make and the collaborations, what what's it been like to work with Clint and how cool is it to already see the reception that you guys have had just in one week with the truth? I mean, well, for me, it's been really it's I have a similar kind of um, similar feel for it as you do, as you know, when you said he was a hero, personal hero. I mean, he. I think for, I speak for both of us saying that he uh, he's definitely one of our, you know, our songwriting inspirations, right. um, you know, as far as as far as heavy music um, from from, you know, I mean, it's been a while, it's even from the earlier stuff. And then, you know, as a as a, a guitar player as well, just as a, just as a you know, uh, a multi, you know, he's a, he's a multi instrumentalist, but like his guitar work is amazing. His I think he's got a fantastic voice. And uh, and then his songwriting is really, you know, has has been a huge inspiration for for me uh, and uh, with uh, Eris. Yeah, I, I I think Clint for for us, I still remember when we were um, in high school, just rocking out to Animosity. For us, that was such a a breakthrough record that just perfectly meshed um just like really heavy music that had so much depth and emotion to it but with this beautiful aspect of like the melody and like really complex rhythms and um it was just it was a record for us that we just like couldn't stop playing it i still remember it clear as day and we always we always felt like um clint was played such a pivotal role in the writing process and when we got to to work with them over the last few years to your point, we, we, we got to work with him on, on a few songs. So we worked with him on, um, he helped, he helped basically come in at, at the end when we had a, a few songs that were complete. He was one of the first artists that we reached out to when we'd written the majority of our record and we were looking for someone else to come in and tell us what was good. You know, like it's, it's really not much more complicated than that. So because we're just, we're, because we're a two person outfit, um, you can kind of get deep into believing your own stuff is good or bad it's hard to remain objective so when we sat down with clint we, we we took him through a bunch of tracks and he helped us sort of piece together what he thought sort of had merit and and usually came in and added this extra little touch so there you're right like there's um he, he not only guessed it on that song but on the record that's that's coming out later this year um i think he helped co-write and add a few nice pieces to a few songs so what was awesome about it is like it was I don't know if it's because we have similar similar tastes in music, but it's just really easy to work with him. He was such like so, so friendly, so humble, but we just had such similar musical like um, instincts. So it, it worked really, really well. It was really cool to see, actually. 
Yeah, I always joke that he's, you know, a spirit, our spirit at, well, my spirit animal in, in a lot of ways, for, in music, at least. Because, um, as Eris said, we, uh, um, we have a lot of the same instincts, and uh, we chase the same type of feels and, and go for the same vibe a lot of the time. Yeah, what I've always loved about them and and even just the the musical synergy and thanks for sharing that you guys about him. Um, you know, he, he and he and uh John from from Seven Dust, like they're the way they go back and forth, and it's even been cool over the last like decade or so to see their their solo stuff, because then you can kind of mm-hmm. hear what contributed to to Seven Dust, you know. Sure. Um but the synergy that they have, like I, I think. I think what's really cool about them and, and about Clint is they really do have a, a signature sound. And in addition to that, they've also been able to expand on it over the years while keeping that core seven dust sound. And kind of like you guys, it sounds like we have similar musical tastes. Like, you know, I was always drawn to that sort of that, that rhythm that they have and that bounce that they had to their music, mm-hmm. but also blending it with the melodies. And then they have, multiple people singing Morgan is probably my favorite drummer. And then he does that cool kind of like screaming type vocal. And mm-hmm. I think the first, the first song I heard was probably black, but then the one that I, I really, I think connected with and maybe go down the rabbit hole. Cause I was a, I was a little guy at the time. I was like sixth grade in 99, 2000. And I believe home came out 99. And when I heard waffle, I was like, yo, this is so awesome. <laughs> That's a that track is a jam for sure um yeah we yeah go ahead no go ahead my bad man i know i was gonna say one of our favorite records um i think for the both of us is uh was animosity um obviously we 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 wore out the the first couple but um when that one came out we were just the melodies and the emotion just i mean the the record's called animosity so (laughs) it had a lot there was a lot of intensity in that one um but uh, I think that one spoke, you know, spoke to us. Yeah, it's a, it's a great listen front to back. Pro- probably my favorite, um, my favorite Seven Dust record. They really take you on a, a trip on that one. Dead sets a, a really good deep cut. I love that mm-hmm. one from those. Definitely, yeah, for um, sure. So for y'all, man, how how far back does does your guys' time go together? Just for people who are unaware, listening to this, because I mean, when you listen to your your music, um, I, I, I there's definitely I, I think a synergy with you two as a duo as well, and in, in your songwriting capabilities. Have you guys known each other a while? Short answer is yeah. <laughs> it goes it goes a ways back, um, and I, I, we we've we've written together as part of different projects. Um, and I think over time we've gotten to, to sort of know each other better. And I think time has been our friend. It's, it's, it's built a relationship of trust, uh, where I think we can push each other to go deeper and to, to push back in the early days when you're writing as, you know, young guys, uh, you, you want to be careful about not offending someone, or you might have a, a view for where a song can go or what, what what's what, where its potential is. And you want to be careful about not pissing someone off, but the older you get, the more confident you get. And you also get to see what your fellow co-writer is capable of. And so that, that I think time, the reason why, why we started set the sun with a new name 
with with new names for us as well was because it, it, it finally started to feel like I think the music that both of us had always envisioned doing. We finally reached that point as as collaborators where we we could get to this overlap between what we both want that finally feels like something we've we've always wanted. So. So yeah, I, I mean, short answer of, to, to your question is it, it's been a while. We've, we've known each other since high school, um, but that's that's been, I think, our secret weapon, which is time. Mm-hmm. What he said. <laughs> and and one thing I always like to ask people too, because um, I was speaking with uh, another musician about this a few years ago, and he he articulated it pretty well that you know when you come across fellow heavy music fans it's kind of like that spider-man meme where they're both pointing at each other like like oh you too sweet you know because it seems to be maybe maybe not so much anymore that i've lived in uh the nashville area because when i came here i thought everything was country and then i quickly realized oh no it's like everything is here um some of the best musicians in in the world are here you know but um for you guys i always like to ask people what was sort of the um you know we talked about clinton seven dust a little bit but was there kind of a rabbit hole moment for you guys musically where you heard something heavy for the first time and you're like, Ooh, that's like Pandora's box. I need to open that up and, and see what's going on there. I think, I think it's different for both of us, but for me, it was, uh, for me, it was going through Eris's music collection and seeing what he was listening to and then kind of sharing my own collection and be you know back back then we had all these uh what are they called the case logic <laughs> you know these folders of cds um and uh we'd share that but uh i i discovered a lot of stuff i'd never heard and that was really gelling with the stuff i had already liked in his collection um and then we we just started recording stuff and but that but that was that was for me, that's what I, you know, it was a long time ago, but that's what I remember. Yeah, I think, um, actually, I remember Ark introducing me to Seven Dust and introducing me to, he, he was always a little bit deeper down the rabbit hole of heavier stuff than I was. I was, you know, I, I remember still being excited about getting a, an Elton John record, you know, like I was <laughs> pretty deep into pop and getting, you know, I think, I think my first CD was actually Ace of Bases, The Sign, but um we what's kind of interesting is like we we've never really been into heavy music that's heavy for the sake of being heavy we we like it when it's there's still an undertone of something beautiful you know behind it so um i think we both really bonded over deftones um Mm -hmm. the most but then what really sort of put it over the edge is like the first lincoln park record like hybrid theory was just such a galvanizing moment it, there is just something so inspirational about that record for both of us it just i think it it pushed us from being uh casual writers to to wanting to write all the time like lincoln park i think inspired both of us to pick up a pen guitar drum kit you know and, and just like make more music it was awesome that record yeah i forgot about that that's very fair to say <laughs> that's uh that's a big part of it for sure I appreciate y'all sharing that, man. Yeah, that you, you guys would be surprised if you if you listen to, to to the archives of even this show, man. Like, well, actually, no, you probably wouldn't be surprised because you're musicians. But that, um, as I've done more and more of these shows, uh, Lincoln Park and, and in particular Hybrid Theory have come up a lot in terms of an influence and really 
a game changer. Um, you know, that that album to this day still sounds fresh. And it's actually interesting too, um, just to build on what what you what you were talking about, Eris. Like uh, I'm kind of the same way, you know, for me, heavy music has um I think the best way I can always articulate my connection to it with people is it's always been a positive release of negative emotion. You know, it was always a, a place I could go to, you know, with those feelings of anger or sadness or hurt or whatever they may be. And it was always a way to kind of get it out, you know, the for sure, for sure. Uh, from corn really got me through my freshman year high school, seven dust. My parents got divorced in 99. And I remember the first time I heard like, whether it was waffle or like my own prison from, from Creed, like, you know, and then continuing yeah. to you know, like Lincoln Park, all that stuff. Like it was always a positive release of, of negative emotion. And then I got into Deftones um, and they became one of my favorite bands as well as I got a little bit older and really loved the balance of, of like the, just the, the ethereal vibes that they do. And then sort of like the heavy kind of riffage that, that Stefan always brings to the table. So, um, so yeah, I relate to all that, what you guys are talking about in terms of not being heavy for heavy sake, but the emotional connection to it. Cause it's, it's a huge emotional draw for me as far as heavier music. Yeah. Likewise. Um, I think a lot of our, um, a lot of our writing, um, style comes from you know from those days and from from that that record in particular inspired a lot of stuff for us and still does to this day which is crazy yeah i was really geeking out learning about um just with the theme of this show being perseverance and and moving forward and and arc i know we had traded a few emails getting uh ready for this but um even reading about the meaning behind uh the name set the sun and just how you you guys look at this as is about taking taking on the impossible getting through it hope amidst darkness and, and fighting through challenges and being a voice for unspoken conflict i was like dude i relate to these guys on like a kindred soul level man that's so cool but um yeah that really really plays into the theme of this show about um you know using sort of uh or, or I, I guess maybe not using but kind of walking through darkness to get to the light and even listening to in absentia I know it touches on a lot of those themes and it was kind of, you know, fleshed out during the pandemic, right? When a lot of people were in isolation and going yep, through a lot. That's right. Yeah, I really related a ton, man, to just just the the theme of of this musical project. And and you can really hear it in the music. I don't know if there's even really a, a question in there. Uh in, in, in addition to me tipping my cap to you, but um for for that to be a debut from you guys, man. I mean, bravo, it was really cool. And and it was especially even cooler when after I listened to the music, reading up about kind of the, the, the themes that that you guys have in, in this project. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think COVID was was a weird time for most musicians. And it it was it was weird at first. At first, it was like kind of like surreal. Everyone's like stuck at home and maybe there's something nice to it. But then it got weirder and more political and more divisive and people became more irritable and it just it felt like an alternate universe. And I think you can, you can sense a lot of that. So the, um, the EP, this is the weird kind of story of like how we, how we wrote the music. The EP was actually written after the record that's coming out now, which is kind of funny. Um, Cause we were, COVID had sort of hit and we didn't feel like it was the right time for us to drop the record yet. And we were just really inspired by what was going on. So we just kept writing 
and it came together really quickly. So we decided to drop that first for better, for worse, but it definitely has, it, it, it's a little bit darker in some ways. It's a little bit more raw than, than some of the record, which was, we, we had more time to work on that and flesh it out. It has a bit more color, more hope. I think it's got a little bit more variety than maybe the EP did, but um, yeah, it was, uh, what I like about the EP is it's a really nice snapshot of, of that kind of very strange time, um, you know, back when that first happened. Yeah, some of the tracks that I, I really connected with, um, Invisible, Disposable, The Way Back, I mean, lyrically, there was a lot of like, you know, really, really cool moments in there. And and even musically wise, I mean, I know you guys worked with a bunch of different people on this, everybody from like DJ Lethal to, you know, members of Breaking Benjamin, The Contortionist, Silent Planet. Um, can you talk about those uh those relationships just over the years and, and um, how that came together in terms of working with sort of a breadth of, of different artists? Uh, yeah. I mean, we, uh, we've been doing music for a long time and um, you know, we, over the years, we've made different connections with different people uh, from, you know, different artists from different bands and musicians. Uh, and um, you know, I, I have, I, I would say that, you know, it, we, it was easier, I think, to get a lot of those guys involved on the, uh, on the EP, um, because of the timing of everything, you know, because COVID was happening, uh, not a lot of, you know, it's rare that, you know, even when you want to collaborate with somebody or bring somebody on the record or, or maybe even co-write some, something with somebody, you know, they'll be on tour, you know? Um, or they'll be doing interviews or do, you know, doing something. So I think the, the, the timing was, was everything about getting everybody involved. Um, all those relationships are pretty unique. Um, and we both, you know, we both have, uh, relationships with different members from different bands over the years. And, um, I think, I think having so many people from so many great bands, so many artists and, and musicians jump on our project, I think it just speaks to the music that we, we that not to like toot our own horns or anything like that, but um, all we do, you know, all, all we've done over the years is shared our music with, with other creative people and other, other musicians, other bands and, you know, should be like, Hey, what, what do you, what do you think of this? Like, this is what we're working on. And, you know, we, we would get a lot of great feedback and, and, you know, we, we get a lot of artists wanting to collaborate and wanting to write, wanting to um, maybe feature on a song. Yeah, a song. We, uh, we took advantage of that during, <laughs> during the pandemic. And uh, yeah, we, we were able to get a lot of great, great people on that, on that project. And I think our, our goal is really to, to go after artists that, I mean, it's probably not going to be much of a surprise, but artists that we had a, a tremendous amount of respect for. Um, and, yeah. and there's actually a, a few more collaborations that, that, that are coming out that are on the record um, that are quote unquote, like um, maybe might be seen as like a deep cut or, like, or are for bands that, that, um, that we had a lot of admiration for uh, when we were growing up. And so it was, it was really a unique experience for us to, to work with people like Clint, but there, and there's a few others. And we just felt like it was the right way to come full circle to sort of these people that inspired us in the beginning to, to actually want to write music. And mm -hmm. I'm sure on some level influence how we write. 
to be able to, to take these songs that are basically in a final state, take it to them and see what they can add to sort of finish it off or, or add something else. Like I remember when we, when we had Invisible, the song was more or less in, in the same structure that it is now. And I think Ark and I said, this needs a little bit more ass kicking to it. <laughs> this needs, this needs some, some heavy vocals. And when we, when we thought about who would be top of our list for, for someone to add some screams to the track, I mean, Ryan was absolutely top of the list. Um, so when we got connected with him, it was obviously a privilege, but it, it, he was just perfect for the role. It, like, and it was so smooth. It was so seamless when he, when he laid down his vocals, it was just exactly what we needed. He, you know, he asked us what we were looking for. We gave him a couple of like, uh, things that we had in mind and it was just, it was smooth. Uh, and he, so, yeah. He, yeah, he was particularly, um, you know, he still is a collaborator. We, we actually have a bunch of songs that we've written with him. Um, cause invisible is one that we actually didn't write that one with him. Um, but he, uh, after, after having him on that song, which is the first collab we did with him, he, he really wanted to, to work on some more, more music with us. And he, he loved the vibe. We really had a lot of the same, you know, uh, influences and, and writing style. So, uh, it was really easy. We wrote a whole, you know, a whole bunch of other, other tracks with him that we're actually super excited about that hopefully we'll release uh further down the line um but uh yeah he was he was a special one to uh to work with yeah it really flowed together well in absentia and then it was cool to even listen to uh to volume two which i mean for lack of a better way to say it please correct me if i'm wrong but it was like basic like remixes that were you know to me definitely like had even more of an electronic vibe and more mm-hmm. cinematic even noticed in the song titles there was uh, every one of them had either like three or four or one in it so i i guess part of me too wanted to know like kind of the, the creative motivation behind that but that was to me that that almost had like a cool uh almost like a cinematic soundtrack type vibe you know compared to the the original release which i really liked i don't know if that's what you guys were going for but i really dug that one as well yeah that's pretty pretty spot on um i think that we've always appreciated um, uh, remix records that are more than just a remix, not just like taking out the drums and putting in, you know, an electronic beat and, and processing the vocals. We always really were drawn to remix records that are more like, um, like, for example, coming back to Linkin Park, their reanimation record. I I mean, I love that record almost as much as I love hybrid theory because it, it, you take all the songs that you were so in love with and then you show a completely different side of them, sometimes tweaking the melody or bringing in different instrumentation, but they just have a completely different, it's like an alternate universe version of that song. So it's not just like a, uh, it's not just like a remix. It's, it's really a completely different take on that same, um, same essence. And so we want to make sure that the record for, for volume two was really a completely different, um, different take on those songs. Um, and, and they stand on their own. I think. We're, we're really, really proud of that record. I, I think it just, um, it showcases a different side of our sound. Yeah. And, and one of the names, uh, and, and there's a, there's, I mean, I didn't even mention all of them that you guys worked with on the, on the EP and there's a lot of great ones for people to check out. But um, one thing that I noticed um, getting ready for, for this, um, you know, you guys dropped arrival and then obviously the truth but um, in addition to the the music videos, I 
correct me if I'm wrong in saying this, but Kaber AI, I thought that was that was really cool the way the, the music videos were done. It really flowed well with the music. But I saw that you guys work with uh, Forrester Savelle, and that kind of I kind of geeked out on that because I'm a big fan of uh, Dead Letter Circus, and I'm pretty sure he's worked with them in the past. And uh, not yeah. to name drop, I had um, Doc Coyle on the show and his project Vegas Nerve. I know they worked with him. Uh, I think at least on one song. And so, um, but yeah, I'm a huge Dead Letter Circus nerd. So I saw Forrester Savelle and I thought, wow, that that really does fit so perfectly with what these guys are doing too, because there's a lot of, I think, um, musical similarities with what you guys are doing and artists that he's worked with before, like like Dead Letter Circus. Yeah, he's he's such an incredibly talented mixer. He, I find that the way that he approaches things is he really approaches it from the perspective of like being a composer and like, what is the emotion that needs to get delivered at this point in time? And when we, when we delivered um, the tracks for the record, I mean, we gave him a very hard project to work with because there is a lot going on. And I think uh, if, if we ever do, you know, reanimated versions of our songs, uh, for this record, there is a lot you probably that's like tucked in the background. There's a lot to play with. So he did a really masterful job of getting across, I, th I think, a, a huge variety of, of sounds that are, are kind of playing against each other and with each other uh, while still having sort of the right intensity. It's uh, he's, he's a really, really talented guy. And I think we were we saw it, sought him out because he just uh, there's one record in particular he mixed for a band called Carnival called sound awake and there's just so much storytelling and and i think his mixing is such a huge part of that so we were we were really lucky to work with them and i think he did a he did a really incredible job yeah and i'm actually kind of happy you brought him up mike because uh um you know a lot of times the people who are behind the scenes that make records sounds so make records sound the way they sound and yeah. make it they get kind of forgotten or lost in the, in the liner notes. Um, so I, I really do love talking about those people and um, you know, they're such an important part of the process. Uh, and uh, yeah, he was, he was, he was great to work with. Yeah. Carnival is another one too, man. Uh, I think that, that record you mentioned, Eris, I think that one, did that have a simple boy on it? Um yeah, yeah. Simple been Boy, Dead Man, such like iconic tracks. Yeah, yeah, like he, they're they're another band too, kind of in that to me. I mean, not not in terms of how they sound, but in like um, in the Seven Dust vein, where I think if you were to talk to musicians in this world, that they're like, oh yeah, dude, Carnival, Dead Letter Circus, but for whatever reason, they they don't get uh, maybe the same kind of notoriety. And I, and I don't know, sometimes I wonder if bands are kind of cool with that because they have like their core people, but, um, but man, yeah, he did, he did uh, great work on uh, with both of those, those artists, man. Cause yeah, Carnival, I love too. I think actually Pandora um, probably back in like 2009 put me on to them that, you know, that I remember when Pandora came out, it was like your own personalized radio station and, there were a lot of artists that I got into because of that, but yeah, shout out Pandora for putting me on the carnival, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you guys mentioned that record, but, um, and arc. Yeah, man. I, I, I always love looking at the names, like you said, and the people working behind the scenes on these projects, because I think for people that, that maybe are outside of the studio or, or just sort of a, a casual fan don't realize how much goes into 
you know, actually putting the song together from like demo to the final song. And then, like you said, the, the art of really mixing and mastering in addition to production. And, um, you know, so yeah, all the names that you guys have worked with are, are people I have a ton of respect for. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, it, for us, for us, it was the same producers as well. And, and producers, we, we do a lot of production work ourselves, but um, we work with several producers. I mean, a lot of bands go through, you know, a number of producers over the years and, and, you know, that, that can completely reshape your sound and, and overall and the, the vibe of, of every record. So all these, all these, that person, all the personnel are, are a huge, huge factor. Yeah. And just building up to, to um, this, this release, uh, the, the debut, it's going to be not only it's forthcoming, but it's also the debut LP, right. At war, um, you know, to get ready for this, can you guys kind of talk about choosing Arrival and The Truth as the as the first two to release? Because I, I really think both of them are are really cool. I want people to check out the music videos. Arrival had a really cool spacey vibe and um, The Truth had kind of more of a like a foresty sort of, uh, you know, vibe. And, and the, the lyrics in, in both of the songs are stuff I, I'd love to get into with you guys as well. But um What's that like? I mean, obviously you guys have been making music together for a while, but what's it like as you're getting ready for at least kind of choosing, all right, we want these ones to sort of be the lead offs, you know, to get people ready for this. Is that difficult or do you kind oh, of yeah. worked it for so sure. much? It's, you know, it's, it's you know. hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you kind of want to put your best foot forward and you want to pick a song that you feel is, is a good representation of, of the record. Um, so we felt like arrival was, was good. Um, first pick in the sense that there's a lot of electronics, it's dark, but it's also inspiring at the end. There's a lot of emotion. There's also a, a, a non-traditional song structure in the sense that it ends with this big bridge and outro. Um, and that was a, a song format that, that we, that we use a couple times on the record. So um, I think, I think on the last, uh, on the EP, we were a little bit more standard structure and you'll, you'll hear on the record, there's a few songs that sort of steer away from that. And that was important for us to be able to explore new spaces. So we thought Arrival was a good intro. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. We just wanted to, we wanted the truth to get out there. We just, we love that song. We love how it turned out. It had a lot of energy as well. And we felt like it was a good second segue. So um, I don't know, sometimes it, it's hard to put into words. It's sort of like a gut feeling we talked about it back and forth and I think there were three or four songs that we, we were debating what should come for a second, third. Uh, we're trying to save, I would, I want to say our best for last, but there's, there's some, there's some good ones coming down the pipe that we're really stoked about that we think you guys are going to enjoy. Yeah. And, um, and Ark, um, from, from what I understand, you know, you're, you're doing, you know, lead vocals and guitar, obviously, and a couple of the lines that, that stuck out to me in both of these songs, if, if you wouldn't mind um, just expounding upon them a little bit for, for myself and the listeners, just because I'm, I'm a bit of a music nerd and I love, I love reading the lyrics and I'm so happy you guys posted those on the videos too, because that's kind of like old school, how I used to do it back in the day. I'd get the CD, unfold the cover art, you know, read the lyrics as you listen, but um, in Arrival, you say, I, I want to be more than the man who survived. Can you, can you, and, and, and if you don't want to, and you want to leave it open to interpretation, that's totally cool too. But that was a line that, uh, that really stood out to me from that song. Well, funny thing about that one is that a lot of that one actually, um, you know, we, a lot of those, the, especially that line, I think came from Eris. 
Um, so he may he he might be the better one to answer that part. We write our, our lyric. I, I our our dynamic is kind of unique, whereas like we have zero egos. So and okay. plus plus we've known each other for so long that uh, it, it we don't get very precious about lyrics. We don't get precious about melodies, about drum grooves, about guitar lines. Like it, it it's really just we all that matters is what's best for the song. So I mean, I might be writing a lyric or a vote or, a, or a melody or something. And I'm, you know, if Eris doesn't feel like it fits really well with that section, even though he's not singing, he's not a singer, I'm not going to, you know, box him out or ignore his comments. Usually I'll take it pretty, you know, pretty close to heart. And, and, and that's how we approach everything. So lyrics are, Anyway, long story to get to the, to the lyric, but uh, Eris, I don't know if you want to expand upon that, those lyrics. Yeah, um, so that, that song was, uh, was a pretty personal one. I think it was, it was really about, about like fighting through a whole bunch of change. And then sometimes you, you fight so hard for what you want and you get it. And then at the end, you just like so broken. <laughs> By, by the end of the process and 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 it was it was kind of about that it was about sort of fighting your way through and then realizing that there are consequences to having gotten what you wanted um and just just feeling like that's all that you you just sort of cross the finish line but you're practically that you just survive there's not much more to it than that so um yeah, it was it was about navigating change, and we tr we try not to be like too explicit about unpacking the actual sort of lyrical inspiration because we know that everyone connects to it in a different way. But fundamentally, it was about pushing through, but getting, um, but sort of ending up on the other side, getting what you want, but being sort of broken as a result of it. Yeah, and the thing wanting, wanting more. Than that. Yeah, and I, I was gonna say that you know a lot of the. A, a, a lot of what I love about lyrics are, is that, you know, it can be interpreted in so many different ways. And I think we always tend to gravitate towards lyrics that that can be, you know, misconstrued, but in a good way. Or um, And and I think that, uh, you know, a lot of our songs are like that. Um, yeah, it's been really actually interesting seeing people guess at what we're trying to say. I know that... Um, when the music video for Invisible came out and people were dissecting those lyrics, we, we saw lots of uh, very different interpretations than, than necessarily what we wrote. And it was, it's kind of cool. You know, it's, it, it might not have been what we intended, but if it means something for someone in a different way and they're connected to it, um, uh, that's great. You know, like that's, that's the beauty of music is that you can, there's that kind of underlying melody and probably an emotion that comes through it. And, but then the way that you interpret the words and apply it to, to what it means to you, and if that helps you connect with it, that's great. That's, that's what's beautiful about music. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, and, and I, and you guys mentioned Deftones too. Like I, they're a band where I, I know um, at least from, from what I've read, I know Chino kind of likes to leave things more open to interpretation um, to the listeners. So uh, I appreciate you sharing that because I was just like, oh, those those are some lines that really stuck out to me. Um, and then the truth, I know from what I read about that one, it's it's about uh, and I definitely think it comes through in the lyrics, but it's about trying 
you know, over and over again to to make a bro broken relationship work. And uh, one of the lines that that I think is really awesome is, you know, we we bear this cross to forget our loss. And, and again, I, I think I just kind of related to that a lot because I went through a pretty difficult breakup a couple of years ago that was not to air dirty laundry because I ain't like that, but uh, it was it was very abrupt and and you know, kind of like all of us go through, it was, um, you know, pretty, pretty earth shattering at the time. And so, um, and, and I just felt this was a very, um, I could, I could feel Clint's vibe in this song a lot. And, and like you guys mentioned at the jump, you know, his voice, his, his guitar work and his ability as a multi-instrumentalist, I thought, I thought arc that you guys went back and forth really well, but that was a really powerful line too, that, you know, we bear this cross to, to forget our loss. I just thought that was a great kind of way to, to, to describe going through, you know, tr you know, trying to make something work and you feel like you, maybe it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's not gonna, but you keep trying, you know, I thought that was really, really a beautiful line. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it can be difficult to admit sometimes when, uh, when you're losing, you know, uh, difficult to sort of admit that that things didn't work out. And I think that's uh, something everyone can connect with. Yeah. And for you guys, just to just to build on that. And thanks again so much, dudes, for for taking the time to do this. I really, really am enjoying this conversation. Um, again, I, I think what's really cool and, and, and what I've really enjoyed about doing this podcast, uh, it, it, it really is about connecting and building relationships with people. and. Um, and again, music is sort of that universal language that it doesn't matter what part of the world you're from, you know, you can hear a melody or you can, you know, feel a, a drum beat, a guitar riff, uh, a, a really good line and it'll connect with you. But, but again, I just, I felt sort of a synergy with you guys even more when I, when I read about the band and as we're talking about these things, especially a song like that, I um, mean, congrats by the way, because I saw that the music video as of recording this in early June is already over 12,000 views, I think in the, you know, little over a week here. But, um, you know, one of the things that that struck me about sort of the the mission statement of of this project, you know, being a voice for for unspoken conflict. I mean, I've never really heard it put that way, unspoken conflict, but it was like that hit me at my core because I feel like that's kind of like what my anxiety and compulsions really deal from it's it's like the things that you kind of bury deep down that you you feel almost like a stigma or you don't want to be a burden by sharing it with other people but i feel like so much of what we're talking about is that with with this kind of music and it seems like your guys's connection to it as well as it's it isn't heaviness for just heaviness sake it's it's going to those places that maybe a lot of us lock away or we shove down and i think as you age, or at least as I've aged, you realize that's really like the worst thing you can do is to mm -hmm. not express it because you'll you'll eventually just become a ticking time bomb and explode. But I also think it takes courage. And that's what I've learned as I've gotten older too. It takes courage to kind of uh, open up, you know, and whether it's through music or therapy or just even talking with friends and getting stuff off your chest. So my question in that is just have how how have you guys gotten to that place? Did it take time to get to that vulnerability standpoint um, with your music to go to those places? Because um, I know it's it's difficult for some people, you know, whether they're artists or not, to to go there. And I think it's really cool that you guys do that in your music. I mean, for me, it's always been natural to do that. Um, I think since we started writing together, um, everything that we were personally going through um, the easiest way to vent or to get it out was through music. 
you know, writing lyrics or um, just writing melodies and, and create recording ideas and songs and just putting down those emotions uh, into mute and creating, you know, putting them into uh, channeling it through the, the music. So I think that that's, that's how, at least that's how I've always coped with it, with conflict, with, um, emo- you know, anything that's going going sour or, or, or you know weighing on me uh music has been the language that that works best I, I think it's this has always been our form of therapy we've uh for better or for worse been known each other for a very long time and I think has, has helped both of us and certainly for me help process the you know the struggles that we've been going through so that mission statement that you were you were talking about is just as much, it's not just about, you know, the, the voice and the, the message we're trying to communicate. It's also what's helped us push through. Um, and, uh, and maybe there are times in the past where we probably should have you know gone to therapy or something else like that. But music has been our, our drug and has, has been our form of therapy. Um, whether it's been writing our own or it's been listening to the artists that we admire and love, it's just been the way that we've been able to, to process things. And yeah, there's a, uh, I think every one of those songs, every one of those songs, we want to make sure that it comes from a place of emotional depth and authenticity. And so hopefully that's coming across. And, and, and a big part for us has been making sure that the lyrics um, have, they might have, they might have different interpretations for the two of us, but that, that we both connect to it, um, uh, you know, individually. Uh, so, so yeah, I think you're picking up on, on the right stuff there. Yeah, we always joke, I always, you know, joke that, you know, I don't know that I'd be alive today if I couldn't communicate through the, you know, get it out through the songs. And I know Aris feels, probably feels a similar thing with that. Um, You know, there are moments in life that feel, you know, overbearing and and you just don't know how to deal with it. And so, you know, I always think like, what would I do without, without the music? And so it's, uh, yeah, it's a big form of therapy for both of, for the both of us. I appreciate y'all sharing that, man. Yeah, I mean, even though I'm a, uh, I'm I'm not a musician, and I I poorly noodle on the guitar that I have in my bedroom, and would never tell a soul here in Nashville that I play because I I don't practice nearly enough to be any good. Uh, it's certainly not not a level, you guys, but it is it is fun to kind of just pick around and and. Um, it's just cool how sounds and melodies really can get you through things and also, and also lyrics, um, you know, and, and after you go through certain things, you hear, you hear songs differently. It's, it's, it's strange how, um, and I'm sure you guys have had that experience too, like a song you listen to and just appreciated it maybe musically, but then you go through either a breakup or something happens in your life, good or bad. And it gives you either a new appreciation or just kind of a different view. Like I remember, the, you know, one of the first times I listened to Black from from Pearl Jam, after I went through heartbreak, I was like, "Ooh, I, I feel like I understand what what Eddie's saying now on a completely different level." And it's it was sad, but it was also beautiful. And I think that's, I think that's something with music too, especially heavier music where um, it explores things that. And I and again, I love pop and I love eighties and I love a lot of modern music too. Um, that that maybe doesn't necessarily go to quote unquote, really dark places. But I think that's 
that's something that I've even learned through my anxiety and just in, in going through therapy and stuff and dealing with it is that it's, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry. It's, it's how you channel it. That's, that's important. So it's cool that you guys have really discovered that as well. You know, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that you're, you're bringing that up and it's, it's, it's super encouraging to, to sort of see that people are talking about anxiety and depression in a way that certainly, uh, you know, if we go back to the times of, uh, you know, we, we talked about Lincoln Park, right? And so um, Chester Bennington was always a huge inspiration for us. And obviously, he tragically took his own life. In fact, one of the, the songs on the upcoming record um, is, is, is about him and is about dealing with that, that, you know, that tragedy itself. Like he was such a huge and influential person. Um, but the reason I, I, I mentioned that is because Obviously, he was someone who, who who severely battled depression and anxiety. I think a lot of artists do, and I know that's something that that I personally struggled with quite a bit. And I'm, it's it's really encouraging to hear that it's it's now socially acceptable, or it's more common for people to talk about. It because I think, especially those people who who get into heavier music, tend to be more. Um, maybe empathetic or, or, or are more willing to sort of go to those places and explore those, those emotions that they feel. And so music is a really great, um, I don't know if drug is the right word because that sort of implies a negative, but it, the music can really be an amazing thing that helps you get through those, those, those times. But um, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I think it's really important that more people in the music community talk about it because we, uh, we need to keep, a, we need to make sure that there aren't any more Chesters basically. Or you know what I mean. We want more chest talented people like Chester's, but uh, you know, certainly not what happened to him to happen again. Yeah, like I was I was hearing the other day, um uh uh is it David from Disturbed? Um is that his name, David Freeman? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he was yeah. talking about yeah, he was he was he mentioned Chester and 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 Chris Chris's deaths and uh he was, I think, at a show. I think I saw a video, and he he mentioned that he was con- contemplating the other day doing the same thing. And then, you know, it it shows you that you know you don't. No matter how much money you have, or fame, or or whatever it is, people are you know anyone could be going through that. So, you know, it's it's definitely a relevant thing to uh, to be talking about. Yeah, I appreciate you guys sharing that, man. And and yeah, it's it's one of the things that I've I've struggled with my my whole life. And um, you know, and I think what was scary is that when I was younger, um, you know, when you're a kid and you experience whether it's a panic attack for the first time or any kind of it maybe an anxiety ta- attack for the first time or any any of those kind of whether it's social situations, things like that, like um my my first reaction is kind of, you know, that fight or flight to avoid it. Like, oh, I don't want to get sick. And then there's also sort of the shame attached to it. And, uh, and especially as a man, and I don't know, maybe it's just part of where I grew up in the Midwest, um, where it's just kind of like, Hey, you rub some dirt on it and, you know, boys don't cry that type of thing. And, and there's a certain level of that, that I do think is necessary in life, a certain level of tough love and self-discipline and pushing through pain, which is a good thing. It's, it's good to challenge yourself and go through adversity. But, um, when you're made to feel like you can't express those things, it almost exacerbates them more in a negative way. Cause you're like, Oh gosh, is my pain going to be a burden to somebody else? So I'm thankful that we're now at a place where I, I do feel like we've come a long way, at least in the States as men, where I feel like it's more out in the open. And sadly, I, I think it's, it's come partially at the cost of us seeing people like 
Chris Cornell pass away or Chester Bennington, you know, and, and have these unnatural deaths where it kind of illuminates like, wow, there's really successful people who have touched millions of people around the globe and they're going through this too. And, and I hate that um, it takes things like that to make people kind of reset, but at the same time, their, their music will live on for forever. And um, the way they express themselves through that, I'm, I'm really grateful. So it's kind of like a weird double-edged sword you know what i mean you you wish they were still here but you're happy for what they left behind and and in a way those kind of things sort of illuminate even kurt cobain way back in the day i think that was probably one of the first ones that really shot shockwaves through the music industry where nirvana's at their apex and it's like oh my gosh kurt cobain's dead you know what i mean like it's horrible but at the same time um i think it's good that we're at a place now where we're all talking about it so i hope that made sense uh that was kind of a, just a stream of consciousness but i appreciate the conversation that you guys are even sharing in this about it because i do think it's important and i think i think we've come a long way over the last 30 years we still got a ways to go but i hope even people listening to this know that it's okay to talk about those things and whether you're a man woman wh whatever you are man like it you know there's there's healthy ways to go through those things and and you don't have to go through it alone. So I, I appreciate the conversation that you guys are being willing to go to those places even here too. Hundred percent. Well said, Mike. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, of course. Well, and before we wrap it up, fellas, because I told you I get you out of here at three, uh, and I and I don't want to disrespect your time. I really appreciate the conversation, Ark and Aris. Thank you so much. I, I really like what you guys are doing. I, I can't wait to listen to to the rest of that war. And I think it's cool that you've got a tribute to Chester on there, but I guess just to put a button on this bad boy, um, since we're on this topic and it ties into the theme of the show and even what you guys do about, you know, getting, getting through the darkness to get through the light. Um, anything that you guys want to share as far as, um, you know, Eris, you mentioned battling anxiety yourself, and I'm sorry to hear that you go through it too, but I'm um, again, I'm happy we're talking about it. For anybody out there right now who's listening to this, who who might be struggling, anything that you guys want to share in terms of things that have helped you kind of persevere and move forward in your lives, whether it's through anxiety or just pain or any type of difficulties that you think might benefit a listener who who maybe is going through a tough time right now? Yeah, uh, happy to, to go first and then Art, feel free to jump in here. Um, yeah, I, I was always, I, it took me a long time before I, I, you know, I actually properly tried to deal with all that kind of stuff. So I remember the first time I went to therapy, what was pretty enlightening for me as someone who did it fairly light in life and, and tried to just push through before uh, was realizing that anxiety and depression are, are sort of the same side, two different sides of the same coin. And you, you can sort of flip back and forth between those two different states. Um and just uh, learning about that and like the more that, that I, I guess I talked to other people about it, the more that I, and the more that I saw that this is like a well-documented condition and that other people go through it, the more it just felt normal. Um, and so I, I would just sort of encourage everyone to, you know, to talk about it. It's, it's obviously difficult, um, but the more that you can find people that you can lean on to do that, um, the better because at the end of the day uh if you just sort of lock it all down it sort of tends to blow up yeah for for um for me it's really some there's a lot a lot of similarities to that but i mean 
being having someone you know having a support system this is super important you know having people who could be there for you whether it's you know someone who's known you a long time family member um you know spouse uh it having that support can really take you out of a dark place and not everybody has that but um you know if if you're if you're not sure you know there are definitely numbers that people can you know um hotlines that people can call uh, to talk to somebody but just talking about it you know there's people don't realize that there's that they're that they're you know they're not you know they they think they're alone in it but there's a lot of people going through the same thing and i think that's that's what people people sometimes need to hear that they need to hear that someone else relates somebody else is going through it and and can you know uh get through it and and come out the other side uh so talking talking about it you know as much as possible um and having somebody there for you you know that that that's what's that's helped me a lot in my in my life um and uh i hope people do help people keep looking for help Well said, gentlemen. Well, Ark, Harris, I, I can't thank you enough for giving me an hour of your time, especially on a weekend when a lot of people are are kind of getting away from from work stuff. Um, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. And uh, and again, you know, in terms of listening to Set the Sun and then, you know, doing my homework, which isn't really even homework for me because I love doing this stuff, man. But, um, you know, reading up more about you guys, I mean, beyond all the names that you guys have worked with. I mean, you guys are obviously pros and, and very good at what you do and um, listening to more of the meaning behind uh, what, what you guys are doing in this conversation. In addition to reading up about it, uh, just makes me feel even more of a kinship with you. And I hope that doesn't sound weird, but uh, I really appreciate the time. I can't wait to listen to the forthcoming LP and hopefully our paths, uh, you know, cross down the line in person sooner rather than later. But uh, I know I'm not the only one that's, going to be excited to listen to the full length in addition to arrival and the truth. So uh, thank you guys so much for taking the time to come on the podcast, man. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. We've got a new song that actually ties nicely into this topic we've been just talking about and it's called a better way to bleed. And it's, um, it's really about kind of the theme ironically that, that you were just bringing up Mike, which is finding a way to better process that, that pain um and and that's that song actually is the one that uh, chester or that was inspired by chester um and uh and about using music as as a mechanism as you know as a form of therapy to to push through as, as a better way to bleed if that makes sense awesome like i said i appreciate you guys taking the time to do the show um you know it's it's cool to be at a, a at a point where where i've been able to you know, connect with good people and, and uh, connect with like-minded people. And, um, you know, I try, I try not to get into the, the comparison game, you know, cause it's like, it's real easy to look at really big podcasts and go, Oh man, I, I, I would love to get to that point maybe one day. But uh, so anytime somebody takes the, the chance to talk to me, especially um, as I'm continuing to build this audience and everything, it, it really means a lot, especially people in, in the realm of music that I really enjoy. So I, again, I know I've said it a lot, but I was raised not to be short of my thank yous and uh, really, really appreciate the time and what you guys are doing, man. Tim, thank you for, for, you know, for exposing more people to, to more great music and great artists. And uh, yeah, you know, you can see your, your passion and commitment uh, and the, you know, the, the, the authenticity that comes across with your, your interviewing style. So it's been a real pleasure speaking with you, Mike. Yeah. Likewise.
Thanks so much, dude. You're you're welcome back anytime. And uh, yeah, keep doing your thing, man. Can't wait to listen to to the to the full LP. And uh, yeah, you guys are welcome back anytime. I hope you have a great rest of the weekend. Let's keep in touch. Yeah, keep in touch. That's great. Dighty, there you have it. That was my conversation with Ark and Eris of Set the Sun. Make sure you go follow these guys on Instagram at Set the Sun Band. The links to all of their stuff will be in the podcast description for this episode. So just scroll down to the bottom of the podcast description, hit those links, and go follow and support my dudes and Set the Sun. You won't be disappointed, man. Like I said at the jump, if you love bands like Sleep Token, Deftones, North Lane, uh, and, and just in general, if you're a fan of just awesome melodies, emotive lyrics, electronic elements, ethereal elements, um, great rhythm section, these guys do it all, man. And uh, I'm really excited to hear their forthcoming LP, At War, so stay tuned for that. And once again, go check out their new singles, Arrival, The Truth, which features Clint Lowry, and the latest one, A Better Way to Bleed, which again is a tribute to the late, great Chester Bennington. I just want to say once again to Ark and Eris, thank you so much, you guys, for taking the time to come on this podcast and share your story with me and the listeners of this show. It was great to delve into you know, deeper topics like anxiety, like depression, um, and, and talk about how that has weaved its way into your music and how music is really a catharsis for you guys to deal with a lot of that stuff. And, and, you know, again, how a better way to bleed was talking about, you know, just finding uh, a better way to deal with the pain and the rage that we all feel and how Chester was an inspiration. You know, uh, it, I relate to all of it, man, uh, as somebody who struggles with anxiety, as somebody who struggles with panic attacks at times, uh, who, who struggle, struggles with self-doubt, all that stuff. I think we can all relate to it. Um, and I think it's hard for, for a lot of us to talk about it, you know, and, and to be able to have a platform like this where I'm able to touch on those subjects with guests in a way that, that I hope is informative and helpful for everybody listening, man. Like it truly means a lot. So once again, Ark and Eris, I just want to say thank you so much for being willing to go to those places with me, uh, geeking out about seven dust and, and, all the guys in Seven Dust and Clint Lowry, like it's so cool that you guys have gotten to know him and work with him. Um, even though I only got to talk to him briefly on this podcast, and I got to meet him uh, way back in 2013 when they did uh, an in-store appearance at Culture Clash Records in my hometown of Toledo, Ohio. Shout out Culture Clash and shout out the late Pat, uh, who used to own the store. Um, he died shortly after I moved to Nashville, unfortunately, but Pat was awesome. Sold me my first album. Mastodon, Crack the Sky, great record, I digress, but uh, but yeah, man, it was just it was just really cool to learn more about your guys' story with Set the Sun, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, and learn about your relationship just as friends and as collaborators and musicians, man, like uh, I really enjoyed our conversation, and I know the listeners will as well, and you guys are welcome back anytime, so once again, everybody, go follow Set the Sun at Set the Sun Band on Instagram, go check out their latest singles. Stay tuned for their forthcoming LP, At War, and go check out their initial stuff that came out last year, In Absentia Volume 1 and In Absentia Volume 2. Great listens as well. And um, yeah, man, just just go support these guys, dudes. I, uh, I'm i really excited to hear the full length, and uh, I just can't wait 
to to check out the rest of it. So once again, everybody, you can follow me on Instagram at March 4th pod. You can follow me on YouTube at March 4th pod. My website is march4th.podbean.com. If you did like what you heard, please take the time to like and subscribe. Tell your friends, leave a rating and a review on either Spotify or Apple, whatever you use. Uh, you're listening to the show, so you've got a podcast app of some sort, but all those things go a long way in helping the show get out to more people. And even though I hate begging for the likes and the subs and all that stuff, man, as as somebody who's got a, a smaller but growing platform with this podcast, um, I really want to get these conversations out to more people and put people on to awesome artists like Set the Sun and and, and, and more importantly, good dudes in Ark and Air. So if you would be so kind, please please take the time if you enjoy the show to share it, man. Uh, it really, truly means a lot. Uh, and once again, I'm really humbled, man, uh, to have episode 110 in the books. It's it's kind of crazy to say out loud. It's, it's crazy how time flies over these past three plus years that I've been doing March 4th consistently. And uh, I would not have been able to get to episode 110 without all the people who love and support me, man, from close family and friends to people around the world who download the show and, and all the wonderful people that I've been able, able to connect with on social media, guys like Johnny Zirkel of High Road Publicity, who's been sending me all kinds of awesome artists to get on the show, like Set the Sun. Um, I'm really grateful, man, and shout out to the Nashville Voyager and Canvas Rebel who have featured the podcast. Uh, there's, uh, I think, going to be another one in the works um, so I'm just humbled by by the attention and the growth and the love and support. And um, I mean it when I say thank you and I love you, man. So that's going to be a wrap for this week's episode. I love you all. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of Ark and Eris from Set the Sun. This is their latest single, A Better Way to Bleed. Peace. Peace.